While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools! Did not he who made the the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees! For you tithe mint and rue and every herb, and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees! For you love the best seed in the synagogues, and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you! For you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without knowing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying these things, you insult us also. And he said, Woe to you, lawyers, also! For you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses, and you consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. As he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever. Amen. Please be seated. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless us as we seek to to understand your word and to have it applied to our hearts. We know that this is only done by your spirit. We, Lord, cannot change our own hearts. Only you can. So do so now as we wrestle through this powerful passage. We pray this on Christ's name. Amen. The church is full of hypocrites. Have you ever heard someone say that? How would you answer? How would you respond to to that? You know, imagine you ask a coworker to come with you to church and he says, you know, I'm just not interested. Because I've met too many Christians who talk all about the Bible, but then I see the way they live, and it's like they've never even read the scriptures. They're frauds closer to those Pharisees that you read about in your Bibles. How would you respond to that? We're going to work towards an answer to to that question, so hold on to it. By the very end of this sermon, I want to swing back full circle. But we're going to do that by, by seeing what Jesus says about hypocrisy in his own day. The falseness of the Pharisees. Notice that hypocrisy 
isn't mentioned in our text. It's actually mentioned later on in verse 12 when Jesus uh, is reflecting all this. We'll see this next week. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And so he gives us this clue to what we've been reading all throughout this passage, the thread that unites all these woes that he's laying out. It's hypocrisy. So what is hypocrisy? Hypocrisy is pretend spirituality. Hypocrisy is pride and arrogance that puts on a mask and disguises itself as true righteousness. Kids, hypocrisy is a a really big word, isn't it? And so at first, you're going to be hearing that word a lot. But but when, when you hear hypocrisy, I want you to hear that there's something wrong. Uh, uh, A hypocrite is someone who says something, but then lives in a totally different way, who uh, lives a certain way, but then puts on a mask in front of other people. That's at the heart of hypocrisy. And Jesus wants us to see something very simple today. He wants us to see that that posture of the heart, the posture of hypocrisy is deadly. Hypocrisy is destructive and dangerous. We're going to see this by looking at the danger of hypocrisy. And then we see these woes he lays out. We see the marks of hypocrisy. And then we need to stop at the end and ask, what does all of this have to do with us? Well, our passage starts with a dinner party. Jesus has just made some pretty controversial statements about this generation in which he lives. You'll remember Brad's preaching last week. What what did he bring out? That Jesus, (coughs) he said that God was making himself known through his ministry. But the people were rejecting him. Jesus was like a light shining in the darkness. His word was going forth unmistakable, clear, and yet, what what were the people asking for? A sign, as if what Jesus was doing in his miracles, in his ministry, weren't enough. And so what did Jesus say to them? He said, you don't want the truth. You're blind to it. Well, right on cue, a Pharisee, one of the religious leaders of Jesus' day, shows up to ask Jesus to dinner right when Jesus is talking about the blind and foolish generation. And it doesn't take long for this party to turn into a fight. Fighting words start flying, as you can see. Everyone's getting ready to eat. It's just time to sit down for for a nice meal when Jesus decides to do something completely controversial. He decides not to wash his hands. Now, why would the party get so rowdy? Because Jesus didn't wash his hands. This isn't about good hygiene, you have to realize. This isn't, you know, oh, you're not following the COVID precautions. It's not that. This is the ceremonial laws of the Pharisees, which they have added on to Scripture, over and above Scripture. They had detailed rituals for all these um, regular parts of life. And one of those rituals uh, 
involved washing, washing all sorts of things, objects, but especially their hands. So whenever they were about to eat, they didn't want to, um, to transfer uncleanness to others and to themselves. And spiritual uncleanness is what we're talking about. Um, so what would they do? They would take water and, and they would make sure it would run down their hands and off so it didn't come back onto them. And they were getting any possible clean uncleanness that they had contracted off themselves so that they could eat. And Jesus says, uh, no, I'm not doing that. And here's why. Jesus sees it as a prime example of hypocrisy, legalism, self-righteousness, and of pretend spirituality of the Pharisees. Look at what he says in verse 39. He doesn't hold back at all. Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools, did not he who make the, in, the outside make the inside also? To understand what Jesus is getting at, imagine that you're looking for your favorite coffee mug. The one you just use every morning, pour a nice glass of, of, of a cup of joe in there. You know? So you've got your, you got your fav- you're looking for your favorite cup, can't find it, and you happen to find it in the corner of your garage. It must have rolled out. And it's just covered in grease and grime. Um, So what do you do? You take it inside. You start to clean it. You're scrubbing that outside of that mug uh, until it just sparkles. You can see all the beautiful designs you've got on that coffee cup. But you're so focused on scrubbing the outside that you never put the water on the inside. You never scrub the inside of that mug. And so you never see the mold that's grown in there. You never see the dead cockroach that's crawled up in there. And the next thing you're doing, you're pouring coffee into the cup. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying that's what hypocrisy is like. It's like a cup that's clean on the outside, but filthy on the inside. And you can see how foolish that is because it's the inside that you use. That's how it was with the Pharisees in Jesus' day. They were so fixated on getting people to follow all these external rules perfectly, and they neglected to focus on the most important thing, the inside, the heart. And that's what makes hypocrisy so dangerous. Beware of hypocrisy. It looks impressive from the outside, but up close it is fake. Beware of hypocrisy. It sparkles on the outside, but it festers on the inside. Beware of hypocrisy. It blinds us to our true need. Our need for sin removal, for spiritual, inward cleansing. That's what Jesus says in verse 41. But give as alms those things that are within. And behold, everything is clean for you. You Come all the time, Pharisees, with your offerings. You lay them out. But are you giving up your heart? Are you laying bare your heart? Because what Jesus is saying is a division between the heart and the heart between what's done on the outside. And so he launches into six stinging woes against the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And each of these woes helps us to understand a little bit more 
what he's talking about when he's, when he's saying beware of hypocrisy. <coughs> What's a woe? A woe is, yes, um, a, uh, a word of condemnation, a word of judgment, but it's also a mournful cry. You need to wake up. This is dangerous. This leads to death. Woe. That's what woe means. And you can see the first woe here. And I want you to remember, we're still at a dinner party. Verse 42. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, but neglect justice and the love of God. Pharisees were masters of tithing. You could picture them with their scales. You're dividing up a perfect 10% of everything that they earned, everything they gleaned from the fields, all their produce. And in fact, what we see here is they're actually giving more than the Old Testament law required. They weren't required, even according to their extra laws they'd added on top of the scriptures, they weren't required to tithe the rue, which was this wild herb that would grow. But they were doing that anyways. Masters of tithing. But look what Jesus says. You are so focused on mastering these outward rituals that you've neglected the entire point of tithing. Love for God and love for neighbor. That Those two dual banners that hang over all the law. And so what, were they, what they were doing was this. They were turning tithing into a matter of outward performance, even while their hearts were cold and dry towards God and towards their neighbors. You see the hypocrisy there? Bringing all sorts of tithes, mastering outward performance, even while the heart lies cold and dormant. And the Pharisees, I imagine that they'd started to choke on their food at this point, hearing Jesus say that. But then he suddenly hurls a second woe at them. Verse 43, Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Now, where were the best seats in the synagogues? Right here? Right here facing right towards the congregation so everyone could, could sit and look up and say, wow, look at those guys. They've got it going on. They've got it figured out. And they could see how they followed every one of their laws to the letter and just wow at them. You see the fakeness of that? You see the fakeness, the hypocrisy? They talk nonstop about obedience to God, and yet, on the inside, they're full of poisonous pride. And that's what leads Jesus to his third woe. The most painful and pointed yet in verse 44, Woe to you, Pharisees, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without knowing it. Man, I I can't make this stuff up. This is incredible. He says, you dress yourself up so everyone can see how religious you are, but you're dead inside. And if people could see you from the inside, like God sees you, like I see you, 
they would, what would they see? They'd see that you're spiritual corpses. And there's something shockingly ironic about that. Because the Pharisees were, they had a project in Jesus' day. They wanted to track down unmarked graves. Now, you remember we read in our Old Testament passage about the uncleanness that is contracted when you touch a, de- a dead body. And it even hints that if you, um, it, it, it says it, if you were to come in contact with a grave, you are unclean. So there's a problem. Pharisees are wondering, okay, we're leaders of the people. We don't want them contracting uncleanness. So how do we keep them away from these graves that aren't marked? So Project Unmarked Grave, they were going, finding these graves, uh, turning them into whitewashed tombs that no one could miss, no one could touch. And that's the great irony that the Pharisees think they're making people clean, but they're actually the unmarked graves, and they're touching people left and right, and they're spreading uncleanness everywhere they go just by teaching others their self-righteousness. Let me pause here just for a moment to say this. Maybe you grow up, you grew up in a church that was full of pretend Christianity, of hypocrisy, where you'd see people that were clean and happy and um, seemingly sinless on the outside. But as you got to know them, you saw all the greed and all the wickedness. And you saw how their fakeness started to influence you. I want you to see, if, you're, if, you're, if that's how you grew up in that kind of fake Christianity, I want you to know this, that Jesus looks at it and says, that's not me. That wasn't me. Well, at this point, think the party would settle down, but it is only getting started. And a lawyer suddenly spouts off, teacher, in saying these things, you insult us too. How does Jesus respond? Well, verse 45, woe to you lawyers also. Now, the lawyers were not our lawyers today. They were, as we've seen earlier in Luke, Experts in religious law. These were the guys that you'd go to if you wanted to uh, figure out a fine point of of law, of doctrine. Um, And so, Jesus' woe is so appropriate. You load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. It's hypocrisy. You see it? Here we have another dimension of it because these experts in the Old Testament, they crushed people under all the rules and extra laws that they were adding to the scriptures. They were making people jump higher and higher and higher to fulfill the law of God. Let me just give you an example of one of these burdens. On the Sabbath, we were supposed to rest. They took that quite seriously, so seriously that they said, you're not resting if you're lifting something that weighs more than a few ounces. And so, what, would, what did they tell people to do? Okay, so you can't lift, if, if you want to lift a piece of fruit, for, for instance, 
can't lift it with your hand. You can't carry it around in your hand. That's too much work. So you need to tie it, have it tied to your hair or you know, somehow attached to your shoulder or have on the back, carry on the back of your hand or on your foot. They came up with all these. You could, you could do all these things, but not with your hand. And here's the catch. These teachers knew all the loopholes to these crazy rules that they'd added on top of Scripture. Burdening the people, even while they found ways to make it easier on themselves. But the hypocrisy is worse than that, because look at verse 47. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses, and you consent to the deeds of your fathers. For they killed them, and you build their tombs. What's Jesus saying? These leaders in his day, they were building beautiful monuments to the prophets who had died. Prophets, in fact, who had been killed by their ancestors. But Jesus sees right through these uh, you know, uh, deferential acts of building the monuments and tombs. He sees right through to the hypocrisy that's underneath. He says this, your fathers murdered the prophets. And what did the prophets come to do? To warn your fathers about their hypocrisy. From A to Z, from Abel to Zechariah, all the prophets that were ever killed in the Old Testament, your fathers murdered them, and you're just like them. Your fathers killed them, and you want to keep them dead. That's, that's kind of the feeling of what he's saying. That's why you're building the tombs. You like that they're dead, because if they were speaking to you today, as I, the greatest prophet, am speaking to you today, you'd kill them. You'd reject them all over again. And so you, you see it, the hypocrisy again, an outward sign of respect. But inwardly, they reject the very prophets that they're memorializing. And Jesus caps it all off with one more gut puncher directed at the hypocrisy of the lawyers. Verse 52, Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves and you hindered those who were entering. What's the key of knowledge? Love of God. Love of neighbor. Rightly handling the word of truth. They've done the exact opposite. Their rules with their self-righteous masks that they've created, they've actually hindered people from seeing the key to the scriptures. What a dinner party. Party. What a meal. Jesus doesn't tell us what happened after that. Doesn't tell us whether there were arguments and counter-arguments. He leaves it right there. But we do hear this. Verse 53. As he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. 
Jesus knew that in picking this fight with the Pharisees, he was stepping one step closer, in fact, a giant step closer to his crucifixion, to his death. It's like he was sticking his hand in a hornet's nest. And these guys are angry. You've poked us where it really hurts Jesus. How do we respond to these bold words of Jesus, these offensive words? Well, we must not reject them. We must not follow that pattern of the Pharisees of saying, I don't don't want to hear this, Jesus. But there's another subtle way we can even do that. We must not say, yeah, Jesus, give it to them. And I think that's, that's exactly what I feel myself doing when I read this passage, right? It's, oh, yeah, wow, that's another good one. Yeah, Jesus, hand it to them. But Jesus is saying these things to warn us as well, to warn us of the danger of the Pharisees. These woes need to echo in our ears and penetrate our souls. And here's why. Because we are susceptible to faking the Christian life. Have you ever found yourself showing off your knowledge of God's word? While at the same time, your heart is so far from God. Have you ever found yourself faking how, how good you are, how put together you are, saying just the right things to people just because you want to leave them impressed? Have you ever found yourself acting like you've got it all together around your pastors and elders, and then as soon as you're behind closed doors, it's like a different person comes out? I can ask the same of myself. Friends, we are much closer to the Pharisees than we would ever want to admit. And here's the heart of the matter. Why is it that, why is it that we put on masks? Why is it that we, we go around pretending we're someone that we aren't, someone that we aren't? Why is it that we hold back from confessing the sins of our heart? It's because we want to feel like we're good enough. We want to make ourselves good enough. We want to be accepted, applauded. Church leaders, you're susceptible to this hypocrisy. We are susceptible to this hypocrisy. How? By focusing more on having the right answers to our theological questions than having a right heart. As soon as we start to divide Doctrine, from the way that doctrine is lived out, hypocrisy is starting to creep in. Every time we add to the word of God and start to, it's like we're, we're, we're not just adding to the word of God, we're creating a new mask that we and others can put on just to be self-righteous, just to pretend that we've got it together, while inside the sin starts to, to, to grab a foothold. And, and, and let, me, let me address another group of us. Parents. 
parents, we are susceptible to hypocrisy. And here's how. We're susceptible by taking our kids to church on Sunday and telling them the gospel is the most important thing in the world, but then we go home and we act as if good grades, athleticism, outward appearance, worldly success, as if those things are the most important. We're susceptible to hypocrisy when we tell our kids, look, you should be praying. You should be reading your scriptures. You should be obeying God. And then we turn around and we are cold towards them. And we are dead towards our families. Just like the Pharisees. But I want you to see that the woes of this passage aren't meant to leave us there. The woes are meant to propel us to the feet of Jesus. Because he is the one who died for hypocrites like you and me. What did he do? He took the woes of this passage upon himself on the cross. He took those woes of judgment. So that anyone who is faking it, wearing masks, can come to him, take them off, and find fullness and freeness of life. And now he sends his spirit to live within us and to transform us from the inside out. He takes off the masks. He's doing that. And now we approach the word not, it's not as a, like, like a manual for, for self-righteous living. But his word is a guide. Teach us to live in truth. So how do we respond to that charge that the church is full of hypocrites? How do we answer that objection? I think there's plenty of ways to answer it. Let me suggest one. Say, friend, we all struggle with hypocrisy. But the good news of the gospel is that sin, that sin doesn't define us anymore. No, anyone in Christ is a new creation. And slowly but surely, he is, make, he is taking our hearts and he is uh, removing our masks and he is bringing our heart and our outward actions into this beautiful harmony. So don't you want to come with me to church and meet the one who does that? Who can take your heart and bring it into conformity with all the ways you live? Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are in the business of removing masks, the mask of hypocrisy. Lord, you know our hearts. You know where they are not truly devoted to you. So we pray, Lord, that you would be working in us. We would see see this hypocrisy, that we would live differently. We rely entirely upon you for this, and we pray for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.